How many of you made reservations for lunch? Nobody? That's good. Oh, Brother Mel? Well, it's almost a quarter till 12. You're going to be late. Okay? Uh, I'm not going to keep you that long, but uh, you're not getting out of here at 12. I'll just go ahead and tell you. So you've been warned. Uh, if you would, turn your Bibles to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 4. And yes, that is in the Old Testament. And I know some of you are looking at me and you're saying, oh my goodness, he said chapter 4. All of that is, is all that begat this one and begat that one and begat that. Well, it's the genealogy of David and his descendants. And it's also the genealogy of the 12 tribes of Israel. You say, well, what has that to do with anything? Well, if you read the first nine chapters you will find that there's a few names in that genealogy that jumps off the page. Not many, but a few. And one of those, besides David, is Jabez. Y'all ever heard of him? The prayer of Jabez? He jumps off the page, and that's kind of what I want to speak to you about. So, First Chronicles chapter 4. Two verses, 9 and 10. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother, called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez, verse 10, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And the Lord granted him that which he requested. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for song service. We thank you for those specials. And Father, now as we come to the breaking of the bread of life, I pray you'll just be with me. Bring to my memory those things I've studied. Let me just say those things, Lord, that you'd have me to say with boldness and authority. Pray hearts and ears be open to receive what you have this morning. Feed your flock with your holy word. And Father, again, I lift up those prayer requests, especially Sister Kim's father. I just pray, Lord, they can locate him and find his way back home. And Lord, just be with her mom. I know she's worried. And I just pray you'll just comfort her heart. And Lord, he'll come up. Father, again, I don't know the hearts of those that are here, but I pray to encourage your people. And I pray to preach the gospel. And if there's one that doesn't know Christ and the free pardon of sin, that this would be the day that they repent, confess Christ as Lord and Savior before it's too late. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Be seated. Again, if you start with chapter 1 and go all the way up to where we're at now and then go on to 9, it's all about genealogy. And in these passages... 
I've often wondered, you know, all these people are gone. It describes who they are. It describes if they had siblings or children, I mean. And then pretty much it just moves on. And I've often wondered if that's going to be it for me. Have you ever wondered that? Are we just going to be a few lines scribbled on a marker at the cemetery? We, lit, we were born this. We died here. And that's going to be it. Maybe father of, grandfather of, or grandmother. But that's it. Well, I want to leave a legacy myself. And I want more than just the status quo. And if it takes me, Brother Cheryl, having to come out of my comfort zone to accomplish that, that's what I want. Not so I can receive pats on the back and receive the glory, but so that God gets the glory. That God would take someone like me, an old sinner, no used to be drunk, save him, change his life, and serving the living God. That's what I would like to be known for. Here we have Jabez. And let me ask you about comfort zones. Does everybody have a favorite temperature? I think we got this set on what? 70 degrees? That's, that's a comfort zone to me. I like that. I know some of you are freezing to death. Sister Kathy, she's sitting there. I can hear her teeth chatter. Uh, it feels good to me. And I can't help it. I'm insulated. Okay? I've got a little insulation on me. But that's a comfort to me. And, and I like being around certain people. You. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, I'm uncomfortable when I'm around lost people. Especially if they're doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Very uncomfortable. But my point is this. We all like to feel comfortable. But here is Jabez who wasn't comfortable with just being the status quo. And because of it, God has set him out and, and given him a place in Scripture where we can all learn that you know what? We don't have to just be status quo. And can I say something? You and I that have been born again, that are children of the living God through new birth in Christ Jesus. Listen, we are something different and special. Amen? Different and special. We don't have to be like the rest of the world. Now, I know the Bible tells us to be content, but if you study the life of the Apostle Paul, you'll find that even though you and I would say, man, he accomplished more than anybody else besides our Savior. He lived a good, moral, Christian life. He served God with fervency. God used him and blessed him in mighty ways. So, he can sit back and be content. That wasn't the Apostle Paul. 
You see, he wasn't satisfied with the status quo. He wasn't satisfied with being comfortable. You see, he said this in Philippians 3, forgetting those things that are behind and pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So he wanted more. You say, well, Brother John, I can only do so much. We sell ourselves short. It's true. If we try to do things in our own strength and in our own power, you're absolutely right. You're not going to accomplish a whole lot for God. But when you surrender to the power of God that he has for you, you can accomplish great things. That's a fact. So here we have Jabez. And... He prayed a prayer. And can I, before I even get into that prayer, understand something with me? I don't know why, but we have the idea that when we pray, we're supposed to pray for everybody but ourselves. Y'all ever been guilty of that? Somebody asked me to pray for them. Of course I pray for them. I get texts all through the week. Hey, pray for this situation. Pray for that from different people. And I do. But y'all, it's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay for you to pray that God meets your needs. And by the way, he wants us to pray for ourselves and for our needs. Notice I said needs. I never said nothing about wants. And we're going to find out in this prayer that Jabez wasn't praying. A lot of folks, I've heard some even theologians and preachers teach that he was praying that the Lord would give him possessions and give him land. That's not what he was praying for. He was praying for the blessings of God to be upon his life. And that should be all of our prayers. That God would bless us. And by the way, I'd rather have the blessings of God upon my life, giving me the ability to get up and share Christ every time I run across someone that don't know him, than all the money I could ever put in a bank account. Because you know why? See, I know there's a lot of folks out there that say, that preacher's crazy. He don't want money. He don't like money. All I want is my needs met. I don't have to have a lot of money in the bank to be happy. Why? Because I have Jesus Christ. And by having Jesus, I have everything I'll ever need. Amen? If only people could come to that mindset. If you got Jesus, he's all you'll ever need. Anyways, let's get into the prayer. And I know I'm speaking individually right now, but let me just go ahead and say this. Not only can we as individuals become complacent in our walk with the Lord, just be satisfied with the status quo. Yes, I come to church. Yes, I brought my Bible. Yes, I prayed over my meal and be satisfied with that. 
But a church can also become complacent and satisfied. When the numbers are up, offerings are up, we stop praying as hard. We stop serving the Lord like we should, being committed. And when that happens to a church, I'll go ahead and tell you, that is a church that's fixing to die. Oh, it may take a while. But one day that final death now is going to come. When we as a church become complacent and accept just the status quo, we just go through the motions. And God help us as a church here at Lone Mountain not to ever do that. Amen. Now, let's go back. And it says, Jabed was more honorable than his brethren. What that means was he was a lot more honorable than his family. Why? Because he wanted to please God. Even in a time as that was. And by the way, you know, we say, wow, we're living in a godless country today. And that's true. We're getting more and more ungodly as a nation. But even back then, there's nothing on Jabez and those generations. It was just as wicked But yet, he was more honorable because he had a desire to serve God and please God. I'll ask you this morning, what about you? What are your desires? Do you want to serve God? Do you want to please God? It says that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother called his name Jabez saying because I bear him with sorrow. So what does his name mean? Sorrow. One who causes pain, sorrow. But here is the thing I like about this little simple prayer by Jabez. Even though every time someone called him by name, it reminded him of sorrow. The one thing that I like about this was he wasn't going to stay in the status quo. He wasn't going to stay and just, okay, I can't help myself. It's just the way it is. They named me after Saul, therefore that's just going to be my life. A man of sorrow. No, he wasn't satisfied with that. Let me say this morning, none of us can help the way we were raised. None of us can help who our parents were and how they were. None of us can change what we were taught by our people as we grew up. But understand, we don't have to be like everybody else. We don't have to just accept it and say, well, this is where I come from. This is the way my people did. I'm just going to, status quo, accept it. No, we can be different. And can I let you in on a little secret? The better off you and me be when we begin to stop trying to please people and just stay focused on pleasing the Lord. That is what we should be about. I've already learned, you know, I had a, my pastor, he was a great mentor for me, Brother Leroy Hill. I remember when I surrendered to the ministry and he took me under his wing and, you know, I literally thought that 
Well, because I am God's child and I'm a preacher, everybody's going to love me. He sat me down and said, are you stupid, son? He goes, no. He goes, more of them are going to hate your guts than they're ever going to love you. And oh, they may come up and they may offer sweet words to you. Oh, pastor, you're this, you're that. But he says, you better always stand with your back against the wall. That way they can't stab you in the back. And I thought, oh, surely not, Brother Hill. No, no, that's not so. My pastor had it down. He's telling the truth. But we can't change our who we come from or where we come from. Can't do it. But we can change our outlook. And the circumstances around us can be changed if we turn to God. Now here's a man's name, Sorrow. How many of you remember old Johnny Cash singing a boy named Sue? You know, my, my, my dad was a big Johnny Cash fan. We, we, we had Johnny Cash albums all over the place, and them old records would play all the time. But one of my favorite songs was a boy named Sue. And nobody could tell that or sing that like Johnny Cash. But, uh, you know, there's people out there. And I think of Jabez. His name was Sorrow. Think about that. Yeah, sorrow. I mean, it'd kind of be hard to be up if that was your name. But here's where I guess the rubber meets the road. He could have chose to have looked at his circumstances and pouted, but he didn't do that. Okay, my name's Jabez, but that's not going to change the fact that, you know what? I've got a lot to thank God for. You see, we too many times look at the circumstances around us. Well, I come from a bad family. My father was an alcoholic, therefore I guess I'm destined to be an alcoholic. Understand something. The reason a person becomes an alcoholic, it's not because they inherited that. They chose to take their first drink. It is the same way with drugs or any other addiction. You are not, I get so tired of hearing this, especially, well, you don't understand. I was born this way. There's no one born a homosexual, there's no one born a transgender. Do you understand? Those are choices that they make. And our problem is society wants to just rub them on top of the head and say, that's okay. Bless your heart. You know, you just need to see somebody. Yeah, you're right. They need to see Jesus is what they need. They don't need Oprah or a Dr. Phil. They just need to get on their knees and call upon the living God and ask God to help them. And I'll say it, 
and I'll get in trouble and some of you may hate what I'm fixing to say. But you cannot be a queer and be saved. You will. Listen, the Lord will forgive you. He will save you. But you will be delivered from that bondage. He will not let you stay in that bondage if you're truly born again. Again, I see churches that are just welcoming with open arms. Oh, we have a pastor here that's gay. Come join us. I'm going to tell you, that ain't God's preacher. And that ain't God's church. But you see it. And this is what gets in my crawl. We have accepted the status quo. Well, they're like that. Oh, we're not doing it. That makes us more spiritual because at least we're not like that. But no, here's what bothers me. Our churches are silent. Our churches don't want to stand up and say, that is sin, that's an abomination, and we are not going to soft-clothe it. We're going to call sin what it is. It's sin. But no, we don't want to offend anymore. And by the way, the government, the way it is today, they might come down on us. Let them. I'm going to tell you, I won't be popular for what I'm about to say, but I'll tell you who's over my government. His name is God. Yahoo up there in Washington? No. Those senators and those House of Representatives, congressmen, what a joke. They're corrupt, they're lost, and they're trying to lead us down a path that's going to lead us away from God and destroy this country. I said it. But no, don't be talking about the government. That IRS, he's going to be warmed the next time he knocks on the door. Well, I'm armed too. And I'm not afraid to go to jail. I'm not. Don't want to go. Don't get me wrong, I'm not volunteering. Okay, I'm not going to rob a bank. I'm not going to rob a store. I'm not going to do anything that would put me in jail on purpose but I'll go for the gospel. And the worst thing they could do is turn me loose to some of them convicts. Let me preach the gospel and hit them with the word of God between the eyes. That's the worst thing they could ever do. You say, but you'll be without Lori and your kids and hey, they got a car, they can come and visit me. Amen? Problem is they probably wouldn't. No, they would. I think she would. Would you come and see me if I was in jail for the gospel, Lori? Yeah? Okay. So I guess, I guess I can go to jail. But I'm not worried about it. My point is this. When are we going to stop with the status quo and being complacent and stand up and shout the word of God says, cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice as a trumpet. Teach Israel their sins. Teach my people. When are we going to cry aloud? Spare not. Some folks will say, well, that's controversial today. 
They won't let you on Facebook. Well, I don't do Facebook. I don't do any of that multimedia stuff. Not because I have anything against it. If you really want the, the truth, I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> but I don't, I don't care. If I was able to do it and I was on there and they took me off, that'd be a feather in my cap. Because I don't care what they think. All that matters is what God thinks. And Jabez is a man that he was more honorable than his own brethren. More honorable. In other words, he loved God in a godless nation. And he wanted more. Can I ask you this morning? Don't you want more? Or are you just satisfied? I want more. And as a church, we should want more. We shouldn't be just satisfied. Help us, Lord, to pray this prayer. Now let's get into the prayer. I'm off my soapbox. Notice what it says. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Let's just stop right there. He prayed. He was a man of prayer. And notice his prayer. Notice what he says. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. He prayed for God's blessing. Think about that. He prayed for himself. Lord, I want your blessings. Can I ask you this morning? Isn't that what you and I should desire? Is God to bless? Not because we're anything special, but because of who he is. And as I said before, I want his blessings. I don't mind praying for myself. And I don't pray and ask things amiss. Lord, I want that big, heavy-duty F-250 loaded. I don't pray for that. I don't pray for the biggest house on the block. I don't pray for that boat. I don't pray for any of that stuff. What I do pray for is, Lord, I want to be more blessed by you, more spiritual, more loving, more compassionate, more like you. And that should be all of our prayers. And that's what Jabez is asking for. He says, that thou wouldest bless me indeed enlarge my coast. Again, I've heard some try to say, oh no, he's talking about enlarging his coast and blessing him with possessions and land. No, he's asking for more opportunity to serve God. Not less. And it's sad to say the modern church is wanting less opportunity to serve God, but they don't mind serving the world. Think about that for a second. Let that sink in. We ought to be praying, Lord, give us more opportunity. Open the doors. Enlarge our coasts and that thine hand might 
be with me. Folk, you're not making it without the Lord. You and I need the Lord and we need him every day, everywhere, all the time. And then notice what he said. And that thou shouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. His prayer was for God's blessing. His prayer was for God's opportunities. His prayer was for God's power. And then his prayer was, Lord, don't let sin come into my heart and my life and separate me and break the fellowship from you. Y'all ever read Psalms 101? Turn over there real quick. This is the attitude we should have, and I pray that you're praying this. Psalms 101. Psalm 101. It's a psalm of David. He says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Now look at verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. You see, when it comes to sin, David said, ha uh uh-uh. I don't want to be around it. And by the way, anytime sin begins to creep in, and yes, we're going to be tempted at times, but understand God has made a way to escape temptation. He always will if we will call upon him and ask him. But that should be our prayer. Lord, I don't want it anywhere near me. And I don't want to be around those that commit sin. You say, isn't that being prejudiced? Isn't that being self-righteous? No, that's being submitted to a holy God. I didn't say perfect because we can't be. But one day we will be, just not here. Now go back to our text. And thou thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And look at what the very last part of that verse says. And God granted him that which he requested. Why did God grant that request? Because he prayed and God loves to answer prayer when it comes.
comes to his children that are humble and fully submitted to him. He loves to answer prayer like that. Because he prayed the right prayer. It wasn't about me, 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 me. And he went to the right source. God. He didn't depend on him being able to do it or anybody else. He went to God because God is the only one who can answer prayer. And God will answer prayer. When's the last time you tried it? I'm thankful when there's an issue, I know who to go to. I don't depend on myself and I don't depend on man. I totally depend on God and I pray you do the same thing because that's what God does expect from us. He says you have not because you ask not. And so many times we want to ask but we pray amiss in fashions like sometimes we approach God like he owes us. Can I tell you something? God doesn't owe you or me nothing. But we owe him everything. But we sometimes say, well, you know, I don't know if I should pray that prayer or not. Listen, pray the prayer. God's going to answer in a yes or a no. Sometimes a wait. That's the one that I don't like. Now, Again, God knows what's around the corner that you and I don't. Sometimes we end up asking for things that God already knows. No, that won't be good for you. Oh, we think it's good. Oh, we want that. And then God gives it to us and we think, God, why didn't you let me have that? It wasn't about God letting you have. He allowed you to have that. To show you that you're not as big in the britches as you think. You don't always know what's best for yourself. But I assure you, he always knows what's best for us. So, I'm going to ask you in close. How's your life? Are you being everything God wants you to be? Or are you in a comfort zone? Are you just going with the flow, status quo? And I'm going to go ahead and get in trouble, but you know why the average church doesn't have as many people in attendance as used to be years gone by? It's because folks have become complacent. They've got in a comfort zone. It's, well, you know what? Instead of driving down there to the church and hearing that old preacher spit and holler, I'll just turn on the radio or turn on the TV and I can get the same thing. Can I tell you? Nope. You know why? Because God desires the praise of his people and his worship is in his church. It's not on a TV. It's not on a radio. It is in his sanctuary. Now, yes, some of People will disagree and say, well, I thought that the church wasn't a building. It's not a building. It's the people. But 
he has given us a building in which is his sanctuary that we can assemble together and offer worship and praise. Let's talk to Brother Jim Smith. We went to dinner with him last night. We were fellowshipping. And he goes, you pray for us. He goes, we're struggling. And I go, financially? Or he goes, no, spiritually. And I go, well, what's going on, brother? He goes, our folks, they just don't want to come to church anymore. He goes, we couldn't organize if we wanted to. He goes, we used to run consistent 50, 60, sometimes 70. He goes, we're lucky if we got 30, 35. I said, well, brother, all I can do is pray for you and let you encourage you to know that God's in control. You continue to preach the word. God will handle who needs to be there. So don't let the devil use that to discourage you and say, well, I'm not doing my job here. So I guess it's time for me to move on. No. God's placed him there. He's done a wonderful job. He's a great preacher. But here's the thing. It all goes back to a comfort zone. It all goes back to being complacent. Oh, I'm satisfied. Can I ask you in close? Would God be satisfied with your service this morning? Only you can answer that. Is God satisfied? Are you saved? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're saved? There's a lot of folks, I'm convinced, there's a lot of folks who think they're saved and they're not. That's why it doesn't bother them to miss church. That's why it doesn't bother them if they don't pray. That's why it doesn't bother them if they don't read their Bible. That's why it doesn't bother them if they don't share their faith with others. Oh, I'm saved. If you don't have a desire for the things of God, you better check yourself. I don't think you're saved. You say, well, you don't know. No, only God knows your heart. But... You'll know them by the fruit that they bear. I gave my heart to Jesus and he changed my life and he gave me a desire for the things of God. Now, am I always obedient? Am I I always pleasing to the Lord? I wish I could stand before you and go, yeah, I sure am. I'm so spiritual. No, I sell the Lord every day. But I have a desire for the things of God. I want to pray. I want to read my Bible. And I want to come to church. See your beautiful faces. <laughs> yeah. Some of you. I wish I had a darker shade of lens. Some of you scare me. Yes, brother. <laughs> you know, I need darker shades because, you know, some of your foreheads are so bright. I need sunglasses in here. You know, I know I I make fun and I like to have a good time. Y'all could say the same thing with me. I'm a redneck and I'm bright. I understand it. But would you listen to me and I'm going to be serious and close. It's all about wanting more. Do you want more? 
more of a closer walk and relationship with the Lord, more of God's blessing on your life? I do. And the best way I know how to tell you to have that is to pray this very same prayer. Pray. Lord, I want your blessings. Give me more opportunities. And Lord, keep me from sin. When sin starts getting close, Lord, put a hedge of protection around me. Protect me. So I'm not tempted to give in. Lord, I know if I completely surrender and humble myself and ask you and pray that I desire these with all of my heart, that you're going to hear and you're going to answer that prayer. What separated Jabez from all of those other lists of names in that genealogy was he desired something better. And God granted it. He sticks out. And I guarantee you, he wasn't doing it because he wanted people to see him. He just wanted a closer walk. I pray God will give us that. Church, Lone Mountain, don't just be satisfied. There's still lots of work to do and short time to get it done. Because he is coming. And <laughs> you blink. Started a new year, didn't we? January 1st. Do you realize tomorrow's May 1st? It don't even seem like a month has went by. But it's already five months. Time is fleeting and is passing us. With that in mind, are you prepared for the day you draw your last breath? The Lord tarries. Are you prepared to die? You see, you can't prepare for life until you're prepared to die. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Not, I want to encourage you. Come to the altar. Call on him. He'll forgive you of your sin and he'll save your soul. And you'll be prepared for eternity. If you're here, child of God, you've been saved, you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, but maybe you've just got status quo, become complacent, gotten your comfort zone. Come ask God to remove you out of that comfort zone. Say, Lord, I want more my walk with you. See, he promises us to give us everything that we need to live a life that honors and glorifies him and live abundantly. We can have as much of God as we want anytime we want. But the question is, do we want that? It's either him or the world. Would you stand with me, please? Father, that's the message. I pray your people have been encouraged. Father, I don't know the hearts of those I stand before, but if there's those that need to come to the altar, give them liberty to do so. May they obey your voice. Lord, if there's one amongst us that...
doesn't know you as Savior, or they're not sure if they're saved or not, Lord, let them get that settled this morning before it's too late. So, Father, bless the invitation and have your way in our lives and hearts this morning. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.